Welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged, broken, and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse, no matter the heart condition, to a closer walk and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. God can and does heal marriages, no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me, as always, is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello to everyone. Hello. Uh, we are coming to you after a little bit of a, uh, a break for the holidays. We had a lot of things going on, as I'm sure you all did as well. We've actually been dealing with some sickness. Why don't you share that with our audience so they can feel the pain that we've been experiencing. <laughs> Although it hasn't really been that bad. No, it Just hasn't one... been that bad. We, um, well, first of all, we celebrated Christmas and we had family that came in town after the holidays um, to celebrate a late Christmas. So it was actually the beginning of the year when they got here. It was Tommy's side of the family that came from out of town. So um, we were able to celebrate with them, and then shortly thereafter, they left, and uh, everybody started back to school. Our youngest son, after only being in school for two days, unfortunately, was diagnosed with the flu. Um, but I'm very, very thankful. I know flu is everywhere right now, and his symptoms only lasted a little over 24 hours. So... Um, we try to do everything possible um, as naturally and holistically as possible. So he um, he had a lot of help <laughs> and elderberry. Um, elderberry is his friend. So <laughs> um, luckily we were able to get over that hump. Um, we also had our, our middle son had a little bit of a cough. So we stayed away from the public for a few days and then um, we will continue doing that over the rest of the weekend and our son can go back to school midweek next week. So, Well, we hope you had an enjoyable um, time this holiday season. I know it can be tough uh, if you're standing for your marriage and especially if there are kids involved. It's a very trying time Yes, uh, unless there's been a plan in place where it's decided uh, where the kids are going to go, and uh, if that hasn't been taken care of, then a lot of it's up in the air, and that can just lead to a lot of added stress. Right. Um, well, and it's stressful anyway. If if you are the one that are not getting able, or you're not able to spend time with your children yeah. on Christmas, that's very difficult. Well, with the start of the new year, we thought it appropriate to do a topic relating to goals and expectations and so that's what we're doing uh verse we'll call it our theme verse for today comes from proverbs 16 3 commit your work to the lord and your plans will be established as we talk about this amy let me start off by asking this first question regarding goal setting what do you feel is the primary reason most folks set goals to begin with well i think that they want to accomplish something they want to do something so they're working towards that with the goals that they have set. 
they want to better themselves or their situation. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times this time of year, it's, you know, better health, um, better financial situation, um, you know, those types of things. Okay. Hopefully, the spiritual journey is included in there. Uh, what do you feel is the motivation behind goals that have originated from a worldly or unbiblical point of view? And if you want to reflect back on uh, maybe some of the goals you set for yourself when we were apart. Oh, yeah. That yeah. probably would be good. Yeah. Well, when I was uh, the prodigal, I did set goals for myself. Those goals looked very differently than they did when I was with Tommy. Um, they, I look very, they look very different from what your goals are now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I was trying to establish myself as a strong woman that, um, you know, looked like she was happy. She was accomplishing things. Um, I like. I wanted to travel. I wanted to have you good health. You were an empowered, emboldened, <laughs> driven woman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, no. Let's. No. Let's. No. I was not. Well, that's, that's what, what that, I wanted the, to put that, that's out. That's what you were trying to. Yes, that yeah. was the goal. My, yeah. I was trying to accomplish that by, you know, my social media post and the things that I did and the places that I visited. I wanted people to think that that's what I was when reality was I was just a really sad, lonely, um, divorced woman, um, desperately looking for affirmation and love. And unfortunately, you know, I allowed social media to help um, where I, I wanted affirmation. So I would post things in hopes that people would tell me you know, how, how great I was or how great I looked or all of the places that I was going. Wow, you, you're accomplishing so many things. Um, and so it was a very uh, different take on my life before. I was running from um, my reality. <laughs> I mean... She was running right. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was running from reality. Well, I, there, there are two things that I think uh, we can speak to regarding what was happening at, at the time. And the first one would be that you were wanting to escape the reality mm -hmm. of your own life. Yes. Right? Yes. And then the second one uh, was to uh, heap affirmation upon yourself. Right. And I, I mentioned this to you earlier. And... When you're having all those voices of affirmation uh, come right in front of you because of maybe something that you posted on uh, social media or you're hearing it in conversations with mm -hmm. others, I mean, if you are seeking that, what that will tend to do is drown out um, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, who I right. know at the time was, you know, pricking your heart and saying, don't do this. Mm -hmm. Don't follow the, this path. Right. But all those other voices were amplified and you were basically drowning out. Everything that I yeah. was hearing. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's so true. And I think that's really important for standers to understand 
um, while they're, you know, we, we hear this so often, but my spouse seems so happy. They look so happy. That, that is, for the most part, an illusion. And even if they genuinely seem happy for a period, you cannot be happy when you're caught up in sin and you're not living for the Lord. I mean, that's just, that's not, I mean, God even says, like, should you just keep on sinning and His grace will abound? No, certainly not. By no means. Right, by no means. I mean, they may seem happy for a while. And in my case, honestly, I mean, sure, I filled my time with activities that kept me busy so I didn't have to think about how miserable I was. But was I still miserable? Absolutely. I didn't show that. I didn't present that on social media. I presented the complete opposite because... I wanted the illusion or the facade to be out there that I was this, you know, strong woman that just, you know, I was taking everything into my own hands and I could do it on my own. And that was a joke. Um, The reality is that I was breaking apart my family. The reality is I was running from the Lord. I was hurting our children. I was hurting my witness for the Lord. And that was the true reality. So yeah, I I did not want to face that. Um, As Tommy said, I appreciated the affirmation. I felt like, well, I deserve this. You know, I deserve people to tell me how great I am because look at all these things that I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things. And while the goals, some of the goals that I had were not bad goals, the motivation behind them, the intentions of my goals are what was bad. Like, for instance, I wanted to be in better health. Well, it's not bad to want better health. I mean, I still want to be in better health. I'm still very active, um, you know, at the gym. I used to be a personal trainer, so those things are important to me. But why I want to be healthy now is to live a fulfilling life and a long life to prolong my life to spend you know with my family and to show an outward appearance of you know this is this is my temple for the lord and i want to do everything to bring glory and honor to it Um, but previously when i was running my motivation and my intentions were to look as magnificent as possible so people could heap praise on how great I looked and wow you've lost so much weight and you've put on so much muscle and you're you know you're running so many races and you're doing so great you know that that was my motivation so that is what made it wrong so to speak that's what made it worldly versus a godly goal what one word could you use to sum up the what was it uh what was it rooted in oh it was rooted in selfishness another word for selfishness pride pride i was prideful yeah yeah and so and i think that that's you know the the biggest difference between what what's a worldly goal and what's a, a godly goal well worldly goals are usually based on selfishness and pride wanting to heap praise upon yourself um, or, you know, your intentions are to better 
self so that others will praise you. You know, when you look biblically and worldly, you want to heap praise upon the Lord. You want to glorify God for everything that He's done in your life. And those goals are based around humility, really. So the complete opposite. Well, if there is praise uh, and pride, it should be directed towards the Lord. Towards the Lord, absolutely. Yeah, what is the verse that says, talking about... um, our glories in the cross, do not be boastful. Something along those lines where we're not to be bragging about things, but if there is one thing that we should brag about, and it that, should be it the should cross. It should be the cross, right? right. And that certainly should not be ourselves. Christ. Right. And, you know. I find that verse, it's escaping <laughs> me right now. Um, well, and also, I mean, it goes back to, um, you know, the verse that talks about he should become greater and we should become less. Right. That's John um, the Baptist. Um, yeah. He must increase and I so must I decrease. Can decrease. That was an act of humility. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and in, I, th- I think that all kind of goes together when, when you're setting goals. Goals are not bad. You have to have goals, you know, in order to get from point A to point B. I mean, you need to set goals. What is the, the verse in Luke that talks about Luke 14, 28? Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? So it's not enough to just have the goal. You actually have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. How, how you, am I going to do this? Yeah, you have to. And work? <laughs> right. You can't yeah. just say, well, you know, it could, because I think that that then becomes a desire, right? If you... You know, you can have a desire. Right, and we have to differentiate between the two. You can have a desire. All of us have desires for things, but then a goal is going to be uh, how you're going about to see that desire come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean, I think you have to have a plan in place. It's not enough to just want it. You have to be intentional. You have to work towards it. Um, And I think that that's why, you know, goals are so important because... You need to know where you're going. You need to know how to get from, you know, point A to point B. If you don't have any kind of plan set in place, how are you going to accomplish it? You know, as you were talking, one of the things I was thinking of was uh, how uh, standards can be hurt by their prodigal spouses, whether in word or deed. And there can sometimes be a desire to lash out or to harbor ill feelings towards them, to think things or sometimes even say things that they end up regretting later. But, you know, a, a goal I think that is worth having, especially since we start the new year, is to be able to get to the point where these things can happen to you, these attacks can come, but then they're not affecting you the right. way that they used to. Yeah. Right? They're bouncing off. Right. And, and it's not a matter of just saying, God, you know what? These hurtful things that are coming my way, just take them away so that when he says them <laughs> right. or she says them, uh, I'm not going to be bothered by it. No. I mean, there are there are things that standard has to do right. uh, to help um, uh, prepare their hearts to be able to withstand those attacks in order to persevere absolutely and that's also you know that it's work it's like working out strengthening it is and it reminds me you know a lot of times 
in counseling, I mean, we, uh, we, we go back to Ephesians 4, the whole put on, put off. It isn't enough to just say, well, God, I want to have, you know, positive thoughts. I want to not harbor bitterness. I want to not, you know, say hurtful things or lash out um, in response to my spouse. It's not enough to say, well, I, I just don't want to do those things. So again, I think that goes back to being intentional with those goals and having an action and a plan in place, um, protecting our hearts and our minds from these types of things. So I think that's such a good point that you brought out. What are some biblical themes and concepts that will help us better set goals that are godly and Christ-honoring? Well, I think in line with kind of what we've been talking about, humility really is, is a great one, um, you know, to humble yourselves and, and be humble. Um, also, you know... In other words, this, this goal isn't about myself. This is, this is about God. Right. Yeah. It's about God right. and it's about others. And I think that's, you know, when I tried to explain why I was standing to you, I... I think on several occasions I said it's out of obedience. I'm doing this because, you know, I'm standing for the Lord. I am standing for the marriage, but I'm standing for the Lord. That is right. at the top of my list. Right. Right. And so. And that can't be understood. And it can't be understood a lot of times by the prodigal. But it, it, it also isn't understood by other by others and not even sometimes not even Christians you know we want people to be in our corner we want people to support us but sometimes that thought process of what do you mean you're doing well, all the obedience all, you know oftentimes all they'll see is you hurting right the family being torn apart and everything is bad right that's right in front of them right. and so of course they're going to try to steer you in the opposite direction and they're not going to believe you when you say I'm doing this because I'm trying to serve the Lord, and this is all for my good. They're scratching their head, but you're hurting. Right, right. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, I mean, I think also, too, you know, God works. Um, he works all things for the good of those who love Him. So we have to trust the process, and we have to trust that God is doing a mighty work. We cannot control our prodigals. You could not control me. You couldn't you know, make plans for me, you had to make plans for yourself and you had to trust that God was going to establish your plans. Um, okay, but, so we're, we're talking about faith here. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You, you have to have faith. Faith has to be a component of setting godly goals. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times... Um, I think we forget what faith means. Faith is not things that we can see. It the is... The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not, not seen. Not seen. Right. Yeah. Not seen. I know that there are many times that you could not um, look to me and say, Oh, yeah, I can totally see how God's going to restore this. Well, early on, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why I quit following you on Instagram. Because the things that you were posting... Uh, was affecting my mind and it was it was depressing me to the extent that boy it really looks like her mind's made up and this is a right. certainty and we're never going to get back together right um, right 
as a result, I, I decided, no, I'm not going to be following this anymore. And, <laughs> right. and I, knew, I knew it wasn't true. This was all an illusion, the things that you were posting. Mm -hmm. Even though they were real events, I knew that you were trying to sell your, quote, image. newfound image and happiness right. to everybody. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to be swayed by this. Right. And, and, and that's important, too. I know this is, isn't really the main topic of today's um, broadcast, but... Uh, don't put too much stock in what you all are seeing or hearing regarding your uh, prodigal, whether it's things that they're posting online concerning their happiness and fulfillment. You know, this, for the most part, they're all rooted in uh, lies and deception. Right. And it's all smoke and mirrors. It really is. And for me, it was all smoke and mirrors. I mean, there, there were very, very few times where... I didn't think about, you know, the actions that I was taking or that I wasn't thinking about, wow, I could, I could change all that. I could just listen to the Holy Spirit and I could, you know, return back to my husband and God, allow God to restore us fully. You know, I, I wasn't in a place where I was wanting to do that or even ready at times to do that. And that, you know, God had to continually work in my heart and in my mind um, in order to bring us back together. And I think that that's important, too, for standards to understand. We don't want there to be, um, you know, not that God God's timing is perfect, but if you come back together prematurely, if, you know, the restoration... Well, I, do, you, do you think that uh, restoration... Uh, somebody can force the issue. In other words, uh, manufacture a situation where the two come back together and yet it not work out, even though... Do you understand where yeah, I'm getting at? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I do. I, I believe that... And I believe that's the part that we have to trust and have faith and allow God to work in our hearts and minds because if we do that prematurely, we force the issue and we come back together and we haven't prepared our hearts, if we haven't prepared our minds, if we're not in a spiritual place that we need to be in order to receive the prodigal back, things can go south very quickly. Um, and it's all because we've tried to force the issue in our own hands. And I know for me, there were, I don't remember exactly where the quote came from or where I read it, um, I do remember it was through biblical counseling, um, but it was talking about how that, you know, if our hearts and minds aren't prepared to receive God's blessings, those blessings can then turn into burdens. And so um, I think that was really important. I, I believe that you had mentioned, you know, several times that if we had just gotten back together within three months um, of being apart, you I, I wouldn't have been prepared to handle you or the challenges. Uh, I mean, I had to learn those things. For, for two years, the Lord was teaching me, and He was growing me and maturing me in my faith so that right. when we were restored, I would now know how to handle this or that situation right. in a godly way as right. opposed to lashing out with my flesh and uh, having all sorts of problems. Right. And, yeah. and I think... You know, that, and, and God still was working 
in my heart and in my mind, I had to have my eyes open so that I could see this isn't all your husband's fault. <laughs> you had a big part to play in the marriage going south. Well, well, well plus two, I think that I, I may have, had you returned to the marriage after three or four months, I could have looked inwardly and said, see, it was all these things that I was you doing. You did, right. I, I, I did it. Absolutely. And consequently, well, then God wouldn't have gotten the glory. Right. And as we look back on this after two years, and the way God worked, <laughs> he's the only one that can receive the glory for this. Oh, right. right. We can't point to ourselves. No, I mean, it, it only was by God that he restored our marriage and we came back together. And I think that that brings up a really important point for, you know, those that have been standing for, for long periods of time. You know, we have no idea, you know, what what God's doing behind the scenes. But we do know, Romans 8, 28, that God works all things for the good of those who love Him. And so we have to trust the process. We have to trust that God is working um, in our lives. And if even if you have no idea if He's working in your spouse's life or not, um, and maybe even it's an ex-wife at this point or an ex-husband at this point, you may not know what God's doing in their lives, but I you, think, can I be honest with you? I just I don't like that. I know, I, but it, I know, but it is a reality for so many people, and not because they wanted it, but no, because I mean, one I just party, don't. I don't like the word. Ex. I know, <laughs> I know, and I do everything possible. Ex-spouse. Yeah, I do everything possible to not use that term because I myself very much dislike it. Um, but you know, we, we, sometimes we don't know what's happening, what God's doing in their lives. Um, I and, think I just got triggered. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but we, we don't know what, what people or what God's doing in their lives. And so, you know, he may be working, um, in their hearts in a mighty way that we're not even aware of, but we have to be ready and we have to be prepared um, for when God is ready to bring us back to our spouse. Well, you're talking about faith and the uh, importance and the role it plays in setting godly and biblical uh, goals. Can you, do you have a couple scriptures there maybe that we can share that speak to the importance of faith for our listeners? Oh, yeah. Um, I think one that's really important that goes along with kind of what we've been talking about um, Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You know, how, how likely do you think a person will be to achieve their goal if they don't think they're going to reach their goal? <laughs> they, they will not. If it's not. unattainable. Yeah, they, they will what's not. The, what's the point? It. Yeah. Why am I even doing this? Right, right, right. If you don't believe that God has the power to restore your marriage, if you don't believe that this is in fact a promise that he is going to keep to you, what's the point of standing? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I believe that that has to be, you know, and, and that might be what God needs to work in that standard's life and in that standard's heart is to help them understand what true faith looks like, how to walk that out practically. Yeah. I'm reminded of Matthew 17, 20. 
Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And as we think about restoration and the, quote, chances of restoration occurring, uh, if you look at the statistics, well, what are the odds of a couple being divorced and then you know, <laughs> right. they're, right. they're slim to none. Right. However, what that equation doesn't factor into is the power of God right. to step in and do it. Nothing is impossible for him. And, you know, according to this scripture, if you have a small faith as small as a mustard seed. So it, it doesn't take much, but you just have to have some. Right. Believe that God can do this. Uh, but not, not just that he can but that, that he, he actually will. will, that this right. is going to happen. Um, we pray and we believe in faith that God is going to uh, restore our marriages in his perfect time, right. not on our time. Uh, yeah, there were a couple other things, a few other things actually that we can point to, uh, themes. Uh, we mentioned faith. Uh, you talked about humility. There also has to be a commitment, right, uh, to... Um, to stay in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. We have to have perseverance. Uh, we talked about forethought and planning. Right. How are we going to actually do this? How are we going to stand? Right. How are we going to stand financially? How are we going to stand emotionally? How are we going to stand and be strong for our kids during this time? These are all things that we have to consider uh, while we're standing to ensure that uh, we're on solid ground and that right. we're not going to falter. Well, I think also one more thing that I, I would like to point out um, in, you know, in that is that the motivation. What is your motivation mm. behind your stand? Because if your motivation is just to get back your spouse, I would say chances are it's not going to cut it. Because whenever your spouse is showing that they want nothing to do with you, well, then, you know, your motivation isn't there any longer. So I think your motivation needs to be based on kingdom thoughts, kingdom desires, um, thinking long-term, what are the repercussions uh, for not standing? Um, it could be that, you know, if, you're, if your spouse, if you're in doubt, maybe your spouse is not a believer, or maybe you're doubting that if they are a believer, you know, you have to consider you may be the only one standing and praying on their behalf. Mm. Um, you may be the only one uh, that can, you know, especially, I think, especially if you have children, you know, you want uh, you go back through and look at the, the genealogy, the line of history and the family history um, typically, you know, families that uh, have divorce in their um, family history, those are the families that typically see divorce more often. And, you know, God tells us, um, uh, what's the exact verse? I think it's in, is it in Malachi? Um, it talks about, well, when he talks about how he hates divorce, and mm -hmm. if you keep continue reading why does he hate divorce well i mean it's the repercussions of it and the uh, collateral damage that will inflict upon the family from generation to generation exactly. i mean it's not just one set of problems right now in the immediate right you are creating 
trouble and turmoil for yourself, for your kids, for your for grandkids. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just it's a bad, effect. bad news moving forward. Right. And so, you know, those are, and that's not to say that God isn't sovereign and he can't, you know, um, work things out to, to restore a family history or anything like that. But um, definitely when it comes to motivation, I think those the thoughts and the motivation behind it have to be long-term thinking. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's related to Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Um, and, you know, at first, when I was first exposed to that verse, you know, my initial thoughts were that if we just, if we take delight in the Lord, He's going to give us what we want, <laughs> right. right? And that's not actually what that verse no. means. Basically, it's putting God first. He's going to give you the desires that He's going to put the desires in your, in heart, your heart, the God- godly th- desires. We'll replace right? our desires right. with God's desires, and yeah. that's part of walking hand in hand with the Lord and having a relationship with Him, um, continually having the relationship with him day to day is that he will change not only our desires, but our perspective on how we view things. Um, it'll, it'll be much different if we, you know, give those over to the Lord. What do you, what would some, what would be some realistic and biblical goals a standard could set for themselves, uh, given the start of the new year that you can think of off the top of your head, maybe? Well, I mean, I think one of the first ones should really be spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. What is your spiritual journey going to look like? Um, you know, I, I love, I, I love digging into scripture and I, I'm very um, hands-on. I like to flip through the scripture. I like to feel it, touch it. Um, but I know for me practically, I use my phone so often, and so I now have um, an app on my phone, and what I love about the the app that I'm using is it actually counts my activity, Um, so it will tell me like how... For those listeners out there who maybe are unfamiliar with this, what is the app? What are you talking about? Um, The Holy Bible app. The Holy Bible app. Yeah, Um, and I use the, I think it's called the U version. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love it because it will track like how many days I've used it. Um, it will tell me, you know, like if I've skipped a day, you can even set up reminders. Um, Hey, uh, you know, I'm reading this scripture. Uh, it can, it can set reminders for you. And, um, there are some, you know, really great plans in there. There are some that I would not recommend, um, but one of the ones, if you're looking for one, I highly recommend the Essential 100. Um, the reason that I like that plan so much is because it, it really is based 100% on scripture. It's not somebody's ideas or their thoughts on what it means. It's basically the Essential 100 scriptures that are uh, considered to be like kind of the meat of the Bible. Um, and so that's a hundred days. You could start, you know, a plan like that. Um, but just m- m- not even just plans, but just spiritual growth in general. Know where it is that you want to go in your spiritual journey. Commit to 
serving others through a ministry that you've never served in or, you know, find in your church, in your local church, what are some of the ministries? Because I can guarantee you with Tommy and I being so active in our church, there are always ministries within the church that need help, that need people to serve. I think the things that you're mentioning uh, go to the fact that we need to begin with a mindset of, Lord, change me first. Yes. Do the work in me first. Right. And after that, Lord, now that you are changing me, how can I play a role in helping change my spouse and bringing them back to you? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, while it is important to set goals for ourselves as we continue to stand for our marriages, we must always align those goals with the Word of God. And while we have access to God, we don't know how or when He will do the work that only He can do. Set your goals, but don't make them conditional. In other words, don't commit to do something only if you think God is going to do something for you. Mm -hmm. The fact is, He already has. He sent His Son to this earth to pay for your sin as well as mine. He also gave us his word. If you want to better understand and discern his will, plant yourself in front of scripture. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Lord, we thank you for this time. You have allowed us to come together and reflect on your word. We ask that you take what has been spoken and use it to further your kingdom, Lord. We are so grateful for all those faithful standers out there who are enduring persecution, ridicule, and the feelings of being neglected and forsaken by their covenant spouses. Lord, continue to empower and strengthen them amidst the attacks from the enemy. Grant them the spirit of endurance, peace, and long-suffering. Help them to remember your faithfulness to us, Lord. Let that be a reminder and a constant motivation for them as they continue to honor the vows made before you. God, as we start this new year, help us to form godly goals that will align with your word and will. Help us to be a light in a dark place. Help those who are running from you to turn from their wicked ways and return to a life that honors you. Go with us now. May everything we do in word or deed be pleasing in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically, During times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. Our address is purposedmarriage at gmail.com. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.